0: Welcome to Curious and Candid, conversations with those in pursuit of more. Today's guest is Elliot Reimers. Elliot, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: For, happy for sure, to be. Elliot. What's that? Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you, man. So um, like I said, uh, before we hit record, we're going to just kind of jump into uh, four questions i like to ask all the guests just to kind of keep the continuity of each conversation I like to call these the conversational starter questions. So uh, the first question, Elliot, is how do you start your day? Is there any specific routine or ritual you like to stick to on most days and on most mornings?
1: Uh, Yeah, actually, I um, like to go for like a little 10 minute walk, actually, when I get up. Um, Living in the mountains, uh, especially, it's nice to just kind of get out and get some air and um you know just kind of taking some views and uh it's i don't know it's just grounding um uh but i i will admit like today's like today it's super cold uh so i didn't do that um <laughs> but uh if it's if the weather permits i definitely like to get out and just kind of get some yeah like i said just get some air in and um just kind of clear your head uh you know before you start going about the day um, and I'll usually come home and, and, uh, I am admittedly a, a bit of a caffeine fiend, so I'll, I'll drink some caffeine and, and then I'll, you know, I'll start my work day and, um, yeah, that's usually about how it starts. Uh, so yeah. Excellent. Pretty uh, simple. What's that? Pretty simple.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I love simple. It's, uh, it's a great way to, to, to be so, um, Next question, if there's more than one, feel free to uh, list as many as, as you would like. Uh, do you have a favorite book or book that you like to gift often? And then if you listen to podcasts, do you have a favorite podcast or kind of a go-to podcast, Elliot?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, as far as podcasts go, I feel like I'm a little all over the place, but I do generally like uh, some of Sam Harris's stuff um he has a podcast called uh, uh what the heck is it called <laughs> i'm trying to remember the name of it it's so sad uh it's been a minute since i've listened to his stuff because he's gotten a little bit too political for me but um <laughs> uh what the heck is the name of his podcast I'm trying to. I said, it's it's eluding me right now. Yeah,
0: it's okay. Um, Just type in
1: Sam. Yeah. Making it's called making sense. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I listen to some Jordan Peterson stuff too, and uh, I don't know. I'm pretty big into like listening to different like uh, philosophers, I guess you would say. Um, uh, but then I, I can. I don't know. I also like listening to comedy podcasts. So. Um, and some fitness stuff, for sure. As you've probably gathered, I'm pretty big into the fitness world. Uh, I've been writing about health and nutrition and fitness for over a decade. Um, so that's a big part of my life. And uh, as far as favorite books go, I, I, uh, Atomic Habits was good. I do like that book. I think a lot of people could benefit from reading that. What um, What else? I would say uh, there's a book I recently read called, I think it was called like David and Goliath. It was, it's not about the actual battle of David and Goliath, but it's about just kind of like overcoming adversities and um, setbacks and stuff like that. So that was a good book. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, admittedly, I haven't been reading a whole lot for fun lately because I'm still, uh, I'm in my last year of my graduate program. So most of the stuff that I read is like textbooks. <laughs> um, don't have a ton of time to read for fun, unfortunately right now, but I am looking forward to getting back to that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I, I can definitely relate. Uh, I'm in pursuit of my master's degree right now, and it's just uh, a lot of uh, uh, information reading so that you can uh, do the homework and pass the tests and do all the things, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. you got to kind of budget your time accordingly.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So in the last year, uh, this is a kind of a, uh, a, a great question for January, 2024, we're fresh into a, a new year, obviously, uh, Elliot. So the question is what life lesson, uh, have you been taught or have you learned in the last year?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Um, in the last year, what life left? I would say probably. Um, I think it's important to uh, to show up for yourself sometimes. Because um, I don't know, I've I've had a tendency in my life to want to be there for other people, and in so doing, it kind of neglects myself sometimes. Um, And ironically, that ends up hurting everybody in the situation. Um, Because I feel like if you can't, if you don't have like the self-esteem and the confidence in yourself that you can be there for yourself, how can you expect to be there for other people? Um, Granted, I'm not saying that from the lens of like, you should be selfish. Because I do think there's a distinction there. Um, And I think people can get kind of... uh, Carried away with that sometimes, and they just focus like only on themselves. And it's like, well, that's that's not necessarily healthy either. Um, but yeah, I would say definitely just kind of learning to, um, just be confident and, and, and who I am and, and proud of that. And, uh, I don't know, you know, I'm 35 now, and, and I'm kind of at a point in life where, um, I know it, it might sound like almost blunt, but it's like, I don't really care what people think about me because i think highly of myself not from an egotistical lens though like it's like i just am like i put in a lot of work to get to this point and uh i'm 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 proud of that um but yeah it's not like with a sense of like hubris or anything like that um because i'm still i still like to have humility and appreciate where i've come from to get to this point um so yeah and i just I like to show up for myself so I can show up for the people that I care about. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Um, Okay. Now, I like to pull back layers in conversations so that we can learn from the guests that are on the podcast, right? So, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, showing up for yourself, uh, is there something or maybe some things, Elliot, within the last year in terms of this life lesson of showing up for yourself that uh, you implemented? where there may be some boundaries? Um, I, I just am curious about how do you kind of take care of yourself, show up for yourself, practice that self-care so that you can show up the best version of yourself for the people that you care about, that you love, that are in your inner circle? Like, are there some practices? Are there some boundaries? Are there some implementations that you wouldn't mind sharing with us if there are?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, as far as like practices, I would say like I, I definitely am a fan of, and I know this, this might sound cliche to some people, but I do genuinely think that um, exercising and going to the gym is a huge part of your well being, uh, or it can be at least. <laughs> uh, and for me, it's always been a very good tool to just go and and you know lift and and kind of clear my head and. Um, and you know, they kind of joke that it's like iron therapy, but it really is in some ways. Um, uh, you know, not to say that like that replaces if you need to go talk to an actual therapist or anything like that. But, um, I've always found a lot of like grounding and, 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 um, just kind of almost like a, uh, release of some maybe worries or anxieties when you just go to the gym and, and get a good workout in. Um, but, you know, there's also other things that I like to do, um, like just going out in nature can be a huge help if you're, you know, feeling down or having a hard day. Um, so that's a pretty big staple of mine is just going like hiking, um, trying to get in nature as much as possible and and um, kind of connecting with, you know, the planet, <laughs> which is uh, something that... A lot of us don't do anymore really you know we're always just kind of sitting inside or we're on the phone or you know we're on social media it's like just disconnect from all that go out that that's a big practice of mine admittedly is i don't spend a lot of time on social media uh i actually like deactivated my instagram like a year ago and i was like i'll just quit i'm gonna stop for like a month you know and just kind of see how it affected my life and after a month went by i was like i just don't really miss it that much you know uh no and i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with using social media but i'm just like a very minimalist user of it because i just uh didn't feel like it was contributing that much to my well-being <laughs> um, but I, I still use it occasionally just kind of keep up with people but um i uh yeah i just try to stay present mostly i would say that's kind of been a big lesson. Um, just trying to really appreciate the moments. And, um, there's that saying that's like, you know, when you live in the future, you're going to be anxious. If you live in the past, you'll be depressed. But if you live in the present moment, you can be happy. Um, and I do think that's absolutely true. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Um, so do you have, uh, just kind of a part of your life, uh, Elliot, do you have like a meditation practice or anything of that sort, uh, or are you just trying to be intentionally mindful as you live your life?
1: I would say, yeah, the latter. Um, I admittedly, I mean, I've, I've gone through phases in my life where I've meditated like daily. Um, but I, I do genuinely believe that you can like be meditating while you're just like out for a walk. Um, you know, and if you just want to call that mindfulness, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I genuinely just try to live with like a sort of like you said, just kind of going about the day with a, a present mind and and um yeah, it's almost like a walking meditation, I guess. Um but yeah, just kinda I, I feel like I've over the years I've I've gotten good at learning how to like um almost be like metacognizant of how I'm thinking or feeling and just acknowledging that like, you know, thoughts and feelings pass and not like freaking out if I'm feeling a bad way or something like that. Um, Cause eventually it'll go away.
0: Mm-hmm. One more uh, thing I kind of want to just touch on here quickly before we go into this uh, last question for the uh, conversational starter questions, Elliot. You mentioned, uh, you know, philosophy earlier, talking about podcasts. Um, what what's kind of like your perspective on life or your existence, and uh, in terms of philosophy and, and kind of, uh, you know, having a mindset, focus on maybe more of a philosophical uh, perspective or looking through it uh, through that type of a lens. Um, what what is is, is that something that is also a big part of your, your day-to-day kind of the, the philosophy and whatever type of philosophy or philosophies that you subscribe to?
1: Um, man, that's a, that's a, <laughs> I can talk about that for a while. Um, my existence, I mean, yeah, I, I think I'm a pretty existential person. I'm usually thinking about, you know, how did the world start? Stuff like that. Like, where did we come from? You know, where do we go? Uh, Why are we here? Stuff like that. But, uh, and that's the thing is like, I don't really think I'm, I'm kind of an amalgamation of different philosophies. I don't really subscribe to any one particular philosophy necessarily, or, you know, I don't subscribe to any like one you know spiritual or religious type belief system i was raised christian and um i don't really follow that anymore but i you know i respect everybody's religion regardless um and i I learned some things from christianity that i definitely still like appreciate um but i would say i don't know i'm kind of a it's i don't know i I feel like if i had to say now i'm mostly i'm just kind of a agnostic person i I just don't really know i don't have the answers yet and uh but i'm always curious and i like to hear different people's perspectives i think that's kind of the beauty of it Mm -hmm. um because we're all in this together at the end of the day uh you know and and if um if somebody believes something that I don't necessarily believe in, that's fine. Like it's, I think everybody has that right. Um, to believe in whatever they feel like is, you know, compatible with their perception of the universe. And um, yeah, cause nobody, it's, it's, yeah, it's something that I think a lot of people probably spend their entire life thinking about. And uh, who knows, maybe the answer comes after. I have no idea, <laughs> um, but, but, but yeah, I do like I do like to uh, think about that stuff and talk about it with people and and just get different people's perspectives because I think that's kind of the beauty of of, uh, of being alive. Honestly, is yeah, talking to people and hearing their experiences and being like, well, that yeah, maybe that change your maybe that'll change your uh, perspective, you know.
0: One hundred percent. That's that's why this podcast exists, man. Because I. I love having conversations with people. I love hearing their stories. I love hearing how they became who they are, uh, you know, at the point where we're having a conversation. Uh, and curiosity is is such a a powerful um, you know, opportunity for us humans to step into, to lean into, uh, so that we can just better connect and um, have more uh compassion uh for one another. So I do yeah. I, I do want to ask you. Um, uh, because I, have I mean, I've ha- literally done hundreds and hundreds of, 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 of podcasts at this point, had hundreds and hundreds of conversations on different podcasts. Um, and there's a lot of people, I would say the majority of people that I've had conversations with had some sort of, um, specifically Christian upbringing, whether that's, uh, you know, Catholic or some other you know, uh, Christian related upbringing influence, whether they went to a Christian school or a Catholic school or whatever. Now you mentioned, uh, Christianity and, and and having that influence growing up, Elliot, uh, was there something in those experiences when you were growing up, uh, being exposed to Christianity that kind of left a bad taste in your mouth, so to speak, or, um, I guess I, I want to know uh, more about why uh, that just maybe doesn't, that religion doesn't serve you uh, at, at this juncture in your life. If you don't mind touching on that, please.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an open book, honestly. Um, it was kind of, uh, <laughs> it was a little bit of, a I guess, ironical way of, of kind of falling out of that, so when I was in an undergrad, um, and I was raised Lutheran, which is you know Christian denomination, I don't know if they're like if they have any weird quirky things about them, but um, <laughs> <I> say, <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, I was I was I was in undergrad, and and I you know I, I, I switched majors a couple times. I started out as like an exercise science major, and then I went to like, food science, and then I ultimately landed on biochemistry, which is, like, I, I got my bachelor's in that, um, and this year, I'll be graduating with my master's in uh, molecular pharmacology, um, so I'm just kind of a nerd about the body and, and how different substances affect us. Um, anyways, I, I, you know, as I was taking some of those courses and stuff, I just didn't really know uh, how it was compatible with stuff that we were learning in the church, um, you know, cause there's like, uh, creation theory and then there's, you know, the big bang. Um, <laughs> so those are mostly mutually exclusive, I would say. Um, but it was one of those, I actually ended up going to a Catholic private college for a semester in my sophomore year because my, I had some friends from high school that went there and they were like all hyped about it. You got to come here. It's great. And it was a great school. It was awesome. It was also very expensive. So I didn't stay there, but, um, anyways, I, we had to take a world religion elective when I was there and I ended up taking a Buddhism class and, uh, I just kind of felt like that resonated a little bit more with, with how I viewed the world. Um, and I still do follow quite a bit of like Buddhist principles and, and, um, uh, yeah, I just kind of like I said, it just kind of clicked more to me, um, and so I just kind of decided, like you know, I just don't really know if, if I see myself as a, as a Christian necessarily. But again, that, like it's not to say that like I think Christianity is bad or you know like um, or it's wrong because that's 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 not how I think about it. Um, I just feel like it just uh, like I said, just was more in line with how I. Um, viewed the world and, and how I felt about um, my existence and how I should live my life or how I want to live my life. Um, so yeah, that's, it's kind of the gist of how that happened. Um, but honestly, I still, I still listen to like some people, you know, I listen to Jordan Peterson and he's a, he's a religious guy. And, um, and I agree with a lot of what he says. So yeah, um, it's it's one of those things where I feel like again this goes back to um, people can believe whatever they want and and I respect that um, you know I'm not trying to push my beliefs on anybody really I I want people to figure it out for themselves <laughs> I think that's healthy but yeah
0: very cool thanks for uh, being open about sharing that I appreciate that Elliot okay yeah yeah. So uh, just uh, to wrap up uh, the conversational starter questions, Elliot, do you have a favorite quote, mantra, or word?
1: (laughs) Oh, man, it would be hard to pick a favorite word. I write for a living, so I use a lot of weird words. Um, Favorite mantra? Uh... I, yeah. I don't know. This, that's a tough one. Cause I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I, I like in that regard, but I honestly do think that, um, the thing I said earlier about like when you live in the future, being anxious, past, depressed, present moment, you can be happy. I think that's kind of, uh, something I try to remind myself of. Yeah.
0: Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. We're going to transition Elliot, uh, kind of into your backstory. This is Personally, my favorite part of every conversation, just again, um, pulling back the layers of uh, you know, an individual's life uh, because we all have a story and, and there's always uh, you know, unique experiences within each individual story. So if you don't mind, I would love to have you share with all of us uh, where you actually physically grew up uh, and then kind of paint that picture for us starting at childhood um, up through high school and then kind of stop you know, at, at the high school years because we'll kind of transition from there. But where did you grow up? Uh, did you play sports? What were you like as a kid? Did you like school? Did you hate school? Good, bad relationship with parents, siblings, kind of just uh, as much as you want to share, as much as you can remember, uh, just just throw it at us if you don't mind, please.
1: Sure. Um, well, I, yeah, I grew up in the, I was born in a very rural part of Minnesota and guys might've picked up on the accent by now comes out at times. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah. So my dad was a farmer for a long time and and he's like a generational farmer is like in his family. And, um, so I just grew up in the, you know, on tons of land and in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, he's a crop farmer. Um, And then we moved to the Minneapolis area and that's where I went to like grade school. And, um, I played lots of sports. Uh, I was always into sports all the way through high school and, and even like, well, I didn't play college sports, but like even after I was still like very active and do like, you know, rec leagues and, um, and I've always, well, not always, but definitely got into like lifting and stuff after high school. But, um, but, yeah, I was I was big into – I mostly played basketball and football. Um, my uh, I'm the youngest of three, um, and my older siblings also played sports. Uh, my brother played um, college football at the University of Wyoming. He's a really big guy, like 6'6". He was an offensive lineman. Um, and we're both pretty tall, so uh, – but yeah, I just stuck to basketball because I wasn't nearly—I just didn't want to get as as but you know as as big as as that uh, as my brother was. Um, I just didn't think it was it was for my body, um, but uh, I, and I just felt like I was better at basketball. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I was always pretty active and and like I, I did enjoy school just because that was where I got to spend time with my friends, you know. um, and I most, i'm pretty happy to say that i mostly had teachers that were very um encouraging and 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 just i don't know they, they they had a lot of like impact i would say um i'm still very grateful for like uh one of my english teachers who uh was a big part of how i became a writer um and that's something that i feel like maybe kids these i don't know i i don't know if that's the case but maybe kids kids these days don't really understand that teachers can have a profound impact on your life. Um, if they, if they encourage you and I'm just very grateful that I had teachers that did that. Um, but I definitely, was a goofball. I, it, I was kind of a class clown at times. I was always cracking jokes or, you know, just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I still am a goofball, but, uh, I just, um, yeah, I like to laugh. So, and I think I'm good at making my friends laugh. So I was pretty good at instigating stuff and just like, yeah, just cracking jokes and never at the expense of people. That's the key. I don't, I, I wasn't like making fun of people. I, I usually make fun of myself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, honestly, I had, I had pretty good experiences in, in grade school and, and um, you know, I, I I've, I've, I and I had good relationships with my parents. Um my parents were a little bit more old school in how they raised us, I would say. Um but you know I, that's how that generation was. Uh so it's it's different times now for sure. Um but yeah, I I feel like I was uh I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the parents and, and family that I have and the upbringing that I had. And um, yeah, I they had three kids and, you know, we didn't have a ton of money and they did everything they could to make ends meet. And I'm forever grateful for that because I don't know if I can do what my parents did, frankly. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of sacrifice. Uh, yeah.
0: And, and, uh so just so you know Elliot I actually grew up in Iowa in a very small town not uh not not my mom grew up on a farm I didn't grow up on a farm so I I definitely can relate to the Minnesota small rural uh life and then uh so I'm 36 you said you're 35 so we we grew up literally in the same generation we grew up in the Midwest so there's certain things that you're saying right now that uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I personally am resonating with right. You mentioned like kind of, well, that was kind of the way that generation was, and it's just different yep. times, and it's <laughs> like, yes, I, I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely received that, and you know, we're we're both out here in Colorado. I don't know how long we'll get to kind of how you got out to Colorado, but we're both out here in Colorado, and Colorado is a very different uh environment then uh <laughs> i don't care where you're from in the midwest it's just a whole different vibe it's a whole different sure uh, landscape uh you know and and there's just a lot of uh, differences so so I, i'm just saying that i I, re- I i can relate now obviously you're an academic uh and and you're a writer and you mentioned the influence of an English teacher to really inspire you you to get into writing, which you still do currently. So outside of just English, I mean, and you mentioned you like going to school because of the friends and things like that, and probably playing sports and all that, the social Mm -hmm. aspect of it. But when you were younger, even up through high school, did you enjoy like the academics of school um, or did that not maybe come until Later, when you were in college, or even even after college, Elliot.
1: That's a good question, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. Honestly, I, I, I think about. It. I think there was definitely some like uh, selectivity in my drive for like academics in, in grade school, because um, I didn't. There, I'll admit it. I didn't like some of the topics that we had to take classes on. You know, I wasn't big into like geography and stuff like that um and it's it was just hard to get motivated to to you know go to those classes sometimes i always would but um or like uh home cooking class or something like that but um (laughs) i don't know uh but yeah i would say it, it probably wasn't until like i mean i did well in 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 high school like i you know i I had like a three, seven GPA or something like that, but, uh, and I got like a 29 on the ACT, which was decent. Um, but, uh, it wasn't until, it definitely wasn't until undergrad that I started to like really sink my teeth into the academics part of it. Um, but I would say that, uh, in retrospect, I kind of wish I had taken the academics a little bit more seriously in, in, grade school, Um, you know, you always hear people say, it doesn't matter, like, which is, you know, like, (laughs) if that's what you want to get out of it, sure, but to me, it's like, yeah, it kind of does, just because it sets the foundation for those, like, habits of being successful in the academics, Um, and it, like, I ended up having to kind of take a year or two in undergrad to like really establish some, like, healthy, um, you know, like, studying habits, and Uh, cause I mean, I'm, I tell people all the time, I, I, I was a straight A student in undergrad until like my third year. And then I had like kind of a rough semester. I was just dealing with some stuff mentally and, um, and I failed a class and it was like the worst feeling in the world at that time. Um, but it just kind of was, uh, just a little bit of like a wake up call for me that, um, Like, you know, you got to take care of yourself so you can do well in school. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, I've always just really, I I, like pride myself on doing well in classes because um, it's not necessarily about being the smartest person. It's just about uh, being organized and studying and and putting in the work, you know, Um, and I have a hard time not doing well at something when I know I could do well at it. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, so, yeah. Um, Cause people tell me that, you know, people always, Oh, you're so smart. You're so intelligent. I'm like, well, I've definitely had moments where I wasn't um, and there were things that could have been, they could have gone, you know, much better. And that was because of, you know, my lack of effort or something like that. And I just, uh, I, I try not to let that happen.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, now I, I want to kind of ask you in terms of, uh, influences in regards to maybe like professional athletes or anything of that sort, were there any influences like that? Uh, growing up, obviously being from Minnesota, you've got the uh, twins and you got the Vikings, you got the Timberwolves, uh, or were you a, a Jordan Bulls fan, Any, anything like that, or not necessarily growing up?
1: It's actually funny you mentioned that, because my mom, every day, I remember this, like it was yesterday, every day, we had this little, you know, this massive little, well, back in the day, the TVs were huge. Uh, <laughs> you know, we just this little TV in the living room, and my mom, every day, it was just like clockwork. She would sit down to watch the Bulls Cause Michael Jordan was playing and yeah, naturally I became a pretty big fan of Michael Jordan, um, and watching their team. Um, I think that a big, that is a big part of why I really enjoyed basketball growing up too. Um, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I have a hard time reading for Minnesota teams because I just think that they're so poorly managed, but that's a rant for another time. Um, but, yeah, we, we watched, you know, we, I went to a lot of Vikings games, a lot of Twins games, tons of T-Wolves games. Um, got to sit courtside at a few of those, which was awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, I got to watch, like, Kevin Garnett um, back in that day. And um, as far as, like, I don't, I don't think I really, the thing is, uh, I don't think I really, really ever, like, idolized an athlete. I was never, I never like aspired to be a specific athlete or I never was. And I don't think I was like ever really inspired by like one specific athlete. I think I was always more so inspired by like um, just watching great performances or like just watching a really competitive game. And um, I think that would inspire me definitely. But it wasn't just like one single person that I was like, oh, I want to be like LeBron James or something like that um yeah i uh yeah just kind of appreciate the competition
0: honestly <laughs> yeah okay one more thing uh related to the 90s uh if you don't mind to uh just kind of have some fun with me here elliot since we grew up in the same uh era yeah. uh, were you a, a a teenage mutant ninja turtle fan back in the day or or what what was kind of your go-to for cartoons or anything of that <laughs>
1: I mean, TMNT is a great cartoon. I, uh, <laughs> I played a lot of those video games, too, on, like, Sega Genesis. <laughs> um, but, yeah, gosh, cartoons. I was really big into, I don't know if you remember this back in the day, but, like, uh, Rocco's Modern Life.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, Nickelodeon, man, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of the Nickelodeon cartoons I loved. Uh, Doug Funny, great show. Um what was the other? Oh, uh, hey Arnold, that's a great one. Yeah, those, god, those bring back memories. And then there was like that show that like skit show called Like All That. That was, <laughs> yeah, it just brings back a lot of memories thinking about that stuff. But uh, I don't know if I had a single favorite, I, I did like a lot of that stuff though. Yeah, I would watch the Rugrats, <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it yeah, times, man. Uh, 1990s, no, early 2000s, I, I think we're uh. were some, some sweet times, right?
1: I absolutely agree. It was a great time.
0: Okay. So, uh, one other question here about kind of like your childhood, uh, Elliot, you mentioned that, you know, you, you kind of grew up in a, in a rural, uh, free range setting. Uh, your dad was a a generational farmer. And then you guys kind of moved to the Minneapolis area, which obviously that's, that's big city stuff. That's a lot different than rural Midwest. Was that, uh, at what age did that happen uh, in terms of your age? And was that a a tough transition for you? Was that uh, a little bit uh, of a a hardship for you personally? Or were you just not even really in tune with all of that at that point in your life?
1: Yeah, honestly, I was still fairly young. I want to say I was like five, maybe five, four or five. Or six still very young I don't know if I fully understood what was going on <laughs> um you know and it was I think it was a little bit I think there was some uh it was a little bit jarring I would say just, just because I was being taken away from this really small community that we live I mean this the closest community we lived to was like 100 people
0: <laughs> you
1: know so everybody knows everybody um and you know i didn't get to see the friends that i would hang out with there anymore play with um and uh yeah and then going to this you know massive area of the of the state or, or densely populated area and um having to you know kind of acclimate to the city life um uh but yeah so i i feel like i was still pretty young so it was it wasn't I don't think my my brain really understood what the gravity of that was. Um, and uh, and I was able to make some new friends pretty quickly when I moved to the city. Um, but I definitely did still kind of miss the serene uh, aspects of the rural life and the simplicity of that. Because, yeah, when you're in the hustle and bustle of the city, it's, it's obviously much different. Um, I think that was, you know, I've lived in, quite a few states now and i've lived in like washington dc for a bit and like that was a stark contrast from you know <laughs> the rural midwest um because yeah when you live in a town of 100 people everybody says you know everybody knows you and they ask you how your day is going and they talk to you and then you live in washington dc and nobody even acknowledges you exist <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it's uh, different strokes for different folks
0: For sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I want to talk a little bit then about, uh, you know, your transition from high school into college. You mentioned you switched your degree, I think, three times. You started off with exercise science. So, I would like you to kind of just let us know um, what influenced you in high school, Elliot, to want to study exercise science in college, which, again, uh, that's what my undergraduate degree is in. Uh, so we have, again, something in common there. But what was your influence in high school to go to college and start off studying with, with, with exercise science and then walk us through some of those, uh, you know, uh, transitions of, uh, you know, why you went from exercise science to your next major to uh, biochemistry, which I believe is what you said your undergraduate degree is actually in. Um, walk us through some of those uh, mindsets and processes of, of the changes and the switches. Uh, but, but first of all, just please let us know why you chose exercise science going in to your freshman year of college.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say a, a big impetus for that was that I started to get into like lifting and, and athletic kind of training, um, Especially like, yeah, like my senior year of high school, um, just kind of started to read more about, you know, nutrition, and because I'll admit, like, and I kind—I guess I kind of glanced over this, but I was always a very—I was a very heavy-set kid, um, and I wanted to be big like my brother, you know, and play offensive line until like eighth or ninth grade, or maybe no, it was it was actually tenth grade, um, and then it just kind of like. Well, you know, for one, people would, you know, occasionally, you know, call me names or, you know, poke fun at me because of my weight issues. And um, and there's some stuff that's, that was said to me that still I still remember to this day because uh, it was said to me by like adults, <laughs> you know, and I was like in seventh grade. And it's like baffling to me that an adult would say some of that stuff to a kid. Um, but I won't go into like specifics, but it was just hurtful stuff. Um, and yeah, it it definitely did. It, it, it like dampened my, my self-worth to be called names or be told that I was fat. Um, which was a fact, but it still hurt. (laughs) But, uh, uh, and yeah, so I think it was like around, my sophomore year, that I started to just kind of pay more attention to like what I was eating. And, um, cause I, I'll admit, I grew up on like a diet of like fast food and, and soda and this stuff that I never eat anymore. <laughs> um, but, uh, naturally I just became interested in, and, in, um, and yeah, like in, in how the body can be transformed into, you know, a completely different shape through food and exercise. And, um, and I became pretty passionate about learning, um, you know, what's healthy or like what is, you know, nutritious and, um, and how to build muscle and stuff like that. Um, and so naturally I was like, well, what kind of degree would be compatible with that passion and, and kinesiology or exercise science was, seemed like the right fit, Mm. um, so I started out as that and, uh, and then I, yeah, I went through like a year of classes and I was, just, I still wasn't, th- I didn't think that it was still quite, in, it wasn't getting, um, as deep into like the science of it as I wanted it to, or I was, I was kind of hoping it would, um, you know, kind of like at the biological level. Um, cause kinesiology as, as much as I enjoyed some of those classes, it was pretty, um, it was very specific, I would say, to like that realm, which is understandable, but it wasn't really getting as deep into like the cellular mechanisms of like muscle growth as I thought it would. Um, so then I switched uh, to food science because I was i didn't I don't know why I did that. Actually, that was very short lived. I think I only did that for like a semester um, and I was like, oh, I don't think this is the right path because it was actually more for like people that wanted to get into like, you know, um uh, like creating a food product with a specific, you know, agricultural ingredient or something like that. That's like what you would want to do if you're a food scientist or like figuring out how to make a product taste a certain way. Um, which was still not really what I was looking for. So I switched to biochemistry because I was like, well, this is like, this is broad enough that I can specialize kind of however I want to, if I want to go to grad school or, and it keeps your options open for careers. I feel like, um, cause if you have a degree in biochemistry, you could do a lot of different science-based jobs. Um, so I, yeah, chose biochemistry and, uh, was very happy with that decision. It was pretty much exactly what I was hoping for. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I like to apply a lot of the biochemistry that I learned to nutritional science. That's really where a lot of my interest lies. Um, because I think that that's endlessly fascinating so
0: yeah and where did you I know you mentioned you went to college to some catholic school for a short time but where did, where did you actually get your biochemistry undergraduate degree from elliot
1: oh uh, the university of minnesota
0: okay cool go for them huh
1: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> did you go to iowa
0: uh no, I went to the University of Sioux Falls in South Dakota.
1: Okay, okay. I had a couple friends that went there. Yeah, yeah. Is that the? Are they the lumber? No, the jack. They're cougars. Oh, they're the cougars. Okay. Yeah. Is South Dakota State the the one? Are they like the lumberjacks or the They're, jack? they're the
0: jackrabbits.
1: The jackrabbits. That's right. There we go. <laughs> That's right.
0: Yeah. They're they're uh SDSU is about an hour. Uh, from uh, from Sioux Falls, there in South Dakota. So okay, gotcha. Um, yep. Uh, okay. Now, you you brought up something uh, that I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna again pull back a layer on because obviously uh, it was very impactful for you when you were younger, and I'm assuming that throughout your life, it's 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 played an impact for better or for worse. But you mentioned, uh, you know, your uh, you know being overweight when you were younger. Uh, You mentioned some adults saying some things that still resonate with you uh, in a negative sense to this day, or they've stuck with you up to being a grown man. Uh, Now, so my background, like I said, my degrees in exercise science, I started lifting weights going into fourth grade. I've competed in bodybuilding, powerlifting, and all that stuff. And, you know, I'm not here to get into my story, but a lot of my story has to do with Um, you know, body image issues from, from childhood, uh, you know, struggling with anxiety and different mental stuff and, 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 you know, really diving deep into, you know, uh, building muscle and getting big and, and that whole, uh, world, uh, to kind of build up my outward. But when I got into college, they were some of my darkest days and I was, you know, big, and, and, you know, tattoos and shaved head and intimidating on the outside, but I was lost and hurting immensely on the inside, especially uh, those late teens, early 20s. And, and I bring that up because there's a lot of us guys that will build up the outward appearance or get involved in these quote unquote masculine activities uh, and, 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 and portray this, 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 this person on the outside, but on the inside, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of hurt mentally. And, and, and I think there's even uh, more of a crisis of that currently. We won't get into that right now, but is, is, are those some experiences that, that you can relate to as I'm kind of just sharing a quick little snippet of, of my story? And if so, can you just kind of walk us through that you know, like the mental side of things. Cause you mentioned in college, you had a slip up in a semester because you were dealing with some, some mental health stuff. So I, I want you to unpack as much as, as, as you're willing to unpack because this is, we're going to get into the nitty gritty now. This is, this is real life, right?
1: Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, I can, I mean, I would say I'm pretty, I could resonate with a lot of what you just said there too. Yeah. Um, because you, you know, what can be more masculine and, than lifting heavy weights and, and being all buff and but then inside if you're you just feel broken, it's mm-hmm. it's uh you know a bit of a farce at that point. Um but yeah, I mean I would say a lot of why I want it, yeah, there's definitely a level of like I wanted to build muscle and stuff so I could deal with some of those insecurities, but I think kind of the the almost like an aha moment is like you start doing that and you you know you you, you get strong and you you know because I was into power lifting for a while and and uh you hit your goals and you're you know you're deadlifting 500 plus pounds and but then you're still going home at and after that at workout and being like well now I'm back to normal life and what now because you still have to sit there with your thoughts and your feelings and um as much as I love lifting and 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 being strong and, and whatnot, like that's definitely not the be all end all to life. And it's not um, necessarily going to cure whatever it is that's ailing you or however you're feeling. Um, so uh, I'm trying to remember the uh, second part of the question there. Um, can you repeat that? Sorry.
0: No, you're fine, Elliot. Just, just, I just want you to unpack oh.
1: Yeah, the mental go
0: ahead. Go ahead. Yep, you're fine.
1: Mental, yeah, the mental health thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to stop you there.
0: Okay. Um
1: But uh yeah, the I I had a lot of I had I had I had a semester where I just became like very anxious. Um and was definitely dealing with like panic attacks like every day. It was like several panic attacks a day. I don't even know where it came from, honestly. It was just like it just uh just something just like changed. It was so bizarre. Um, And I became essentially like agoraphobic. Uh, I just didn't want to leave my apartment. Um, And that's why I ended up like doing very poorly. I went from literally being put on, um, like they gave me a scholarship at the U of M because I was doing so well academically. Like they gave me like a presidential scholarship. Um, And then it was like, yeah, like the next year I just all of a sudden was like bombing classes and they like, you know, my advisor like emailed me and was like, what's going on? Like, you know, we, we might have to remove your scholarship and like put you on probation. And I was like, man, that's yeah. And I just, but I just had to come clean with them and like get a doctor's note. And I was like, I'm just dealing with a lot of anxiety and I just don't even, my head is just not in, in the game right now. Um, Cause every day was just like, am I going to be able to get through this? Like how many panic attacks am I going to have today? And um, I'm happy to say I haven't had a panic attack in uh, probably over 10 years. Um, but uh, I think that was definitely like a, a bit of a wake up call to just me um, kind of realizing that, that mental health is a very serious thing. Um, Cause when you're not, you know, when you don't, when you're growing up and you, and if you don't deal with like, you know, maybe, maybe you don't deal with depression or anxiety, you don't really think about mental health that much, you know, you just kind of go about your day and you, it's just not even something you think about. Um, but once you start dealing with something like that, you're like, it's just like, wow, like, I can't believe I didn't pay attention to this. Yeah. Um, cause it is immensely important. And, um, you know, I have a tattoo on my arm that, translates to mind is everything. And I do believe that, like, I think everything starts in your head. Um, and if you really believe something in your head, it'll manifest into reality. Um, so I, uh, I was fortunate that, you know, I had a good doctor and I was able to, um, you know, take some medication that helped with the anxiety. And, um, I, uh, yeah, just, took a lot of interest in mental health after that uh and yeah i still um am very cognizant of that and and um i mean i I still deal with like anxiety from time to time and uh i think that's normal though like i think that's part of kind of just being human um because anxiety is really just a stress response of, of a fear of the of or an apprehension of what might be coming and uh it's kind of built into us biologically so i don't think people should be ashamed to have anxiety um but i think the key is like learning how to manage and 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 talking to people about it um which has been a huge help for me just talking to people and um and learning different tools to to kind of calm yourself down
0: yeah so uh did you at some point in your life, Elliot, have to kind of work through some of the stuff that uh, you mentioned earlier about getting made fun of because of your weight and having adults say certain things about your weight? Like, did that have any influence on you in terms of having to see a therapist or just kind of release some of that stuff? If so, can you touch on that, please?
1: Yeah, I mean, I um, so initially... What happened was, like, my, it was the summer going into my sophomore year of high school that, um, like, because of some of the stuff that was, like, said to me, and, like, I just had not harbored this negative energy with those things, and I didn't want to be called to that stuff anymore, so I was like, well, I'm just going to lose a bunch of weight, and I did it, like, in a very unhealthy fashion, like, I went from eating, you know, McDonald's and junk every day to basically just eating like a salad like once a day like basically like starving myself um and doing just ridiculous amounts of like cardio um and I went from wearing like XL t-shirts to wearing like a small and I'm, I'm six foot two which is ridiculous like I was six to like 135 pounds I think at one point and I looked emasculated. Like I looked, I just looked like I had been malnourished for a long time. Um, like you could see my rib cage, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, and so that wasn't healthy either. It was like fighting fire with fire. It was like going from one end of the spectrum to the other. Um, and, and it wasn't until like, and then I had like a teacher that pulled me aside and was like, are you okay? Because uh, when I came back to school, like nobody recognized me. Like everybody was like, what the heck? Um, and and I, I think I, I think I might've like actually broken down and started to cry when she asked me that. Cause I was just like, I don't don't know. Like I'm not okay, (laughs) but, but this is what I thought people wanted, you know? Um, and that was just kind of like a knee jerk reaction, I think from me, uh, just not wanting to be, you know, called those things anymore. Um, but you know at the end of the day like i'm i'm kind of glad that that all happened because that is ultimately like what led me to finally understand like what is healthy and and like finding a balance and um and then being able to eat food again was fun so <laughs> not doing you know an hour of the step mill every day uh yeah it was just like i said though that at the time i was fairly uneducated and i was just like what's the quickest way i can get get my body to not look this way, you know? Um, but it did definitely create some like body image issues. And, and like you said, that it's tough, especially when it manifests at, at that young of an age. And um, that's something that I still struggle with sometimes, definitely. Cause I just, you know, kind of grew up with always trying to um, almost like earn the, the, respect from people about like how i looked because i was always told that i looked you know like a fat piece of you know what or whatever (laughs) um so you uh yeah it's it can definitely mess with your head a little bit um but like I said, now no, I don't really care if people, if somebody wants to come up to me and make fun of my appearance. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like it doesn't bother me. That doesn't happen. But if it did, I wouldn't really care.
0: <laughs> All right. So um, let's let's talk about uh, when you graduated from college. Then you got your uh, undergrad in biochemistry. Where did where did life take you uh, immediately after college? Just start uh, sharing a little bit about that, if you don't mind, Elliot, please.
1: Um, yeah, so that's kind of a interesting tidbit, but I never, I never had like a nine to five after I graduated undergrad. I actually went, um, it was kind of a bizarre happenstance, I guess. But when I was in like my junior year of undergrad, I, cause I've always liked to write and, um, I started just to kind of write blogs for fun. Um, and they were on the topic of like nutrition and supplements and, and exercise physiology. And I would kind of just take like a, I would, I would take a very, uh, like evidence-based look at, at different trends or different, you know, supplements and be like, does this actually work or does this actually, you know, is there any data that shows that this actually does what this company claims or what these people claim, you know, it might be like the keto diet or something. Um. And, uh, before I knew it, I was getting like phone calls and emails from people that were like, Hey, what do you do for a living? And like, we really like this article. And I was like, well, I just do this for fun. I'm a student. And, you know, these people would be like, well, we would pay you to write articles like this for us. And, and I had no idea you could make money writing about that stuff. Yeah. Um, cause you have to remember this was also before the time of like the internet and smartphones and, um, like, I think the iPhone was like just becoming a thing around this time. So it was still kind of a foreign concept that you could make money, you know, just putting stuff on the internet, um, or putting content on the internet at least. Um, but yeah, so I, I graduated and I I had already lined up a contract with a company in South Carolina to write for them and they sold nutritional supplements. And, um, and so I moved down there and, and wrote for them for a year. And uh, I had written quite a few articles for them and just continued to gain kind of, um, you know, recognition from people as that was going on. And, and then I kind of clicked that like I could do this just like as a freelance thing. Um, and so I started to freelance and it did not go as smoothly as I was hoping it would. Uh, it, was, it was rough for probably like three or four years. It, was, it took a lot of a lot of time to build up the clientele and, and really get my feet under me. Um, but, uh, throughout that time, I was, you know, also exploring different states and figuring out where I wanted to live. And then I ended up in Colorado and, um, and I, uh, got hired full time by one of my longtime clients, uh, in 2019 and I've been writing for them for like almost eight or nine years now um and i work for them full-time now and and love it so as uh i was just glad that i stuck with it because i was really struggling at times there with the freelance stuff and making like below poverty level income for a few years and you know my parents and people were just like you should get a real job that's literally what they would say is go get a real job and i was like this this is a real job. Like this will work. And I just, I don't know. am kind of stubborn like that. I persisted. And, uh, but I'm glad cause I wouldn't be here now if I didn't do that. So, hmm. um, so yeah, it was a little bit of an unor- unor- uh, unorthodox way of getting to where I am, but, um, but I really enjoyed it and kind of, you know, it's, it's, uh, people always I'll always ask me nowadays like how do you get into freelance stuff or how do you build your own business and i'm like well the first thing you got to have is patience and persistence because it's not going to happen overnight and it's going to be tough and it's going to require investment on your end and um, but if you really believe in it i say stick with it
0: so when you say uh freelance what can i mean i i, I personally understand kind of the uh, you know uh what what that means, but not really. So, from your perspective, what what does it mean to be like a free ran, freelance writer, or just you know somebody that's in that type of a space? Uh, just just more specific, please. For for my understanding, probably other people listening, uh, Elliot.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, so essentially, when you're like a freelance writer, or maybe you could be a freelance graphic designer, or freelance editor, stuff like that. Um, it essentially just means that you don't have an affiliation with like a specific brand or a specific company. It means you're mostly just looking for, you're looking for jobs that people are offering regardless of like, you know, what their association is with, um, granted that doesn't mean you can't be selective about who you pick to write for or work for. And I, I was that way. I was pretty selective because I don't like to write for people. Sorry, I shouldn't say I I don't like to write for companies that if they're like selling something that I'm like, well, that's snake oil. Like, I'm not going to write for them. Um, I can't do that because it's just like a conflict of your integrity. Um, So I I, and maybe that was why it was a little bit of a struggle for me, because I was I was fairly selective about who I wrote for. And I didn't want to write for companies that I thought were peddling garbage. Um, And as you can imagine, in the supplement space, (laughs) there's there's a lot of that. Um, But, you know, of course, there are also good good supplement companies, I feel like, and, and companies that actually have some integrity and and try to develop formulas that are, um, what I would say, science-based. Um, but, yeah, when I was getting into freelance writing, there wasn't a lot of that. So I had to be pretty scru- uh, scrutinous about, like, who I was writing for. And, and it was tough because... You know, I was writing for people in like the UK and Australia and, and all over the world just because it was that hard to find companies that I was like, yeah, these are good products. Like I, I can get behind these. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want my name to be on an article if I was writing about something that I thought was bogus. You know. Um, and uh, yeah, so I guess to, yeah, yeah. to answer your question, freelance essentially just means that like you're, you're selecting who you write for, um, based on what's, what the opportunities are. And there's platforms out there that have like job postings of people that are looking for freelancers. So, um, yeah.
0: Very cool. Okay, now, uh, did you, so, so doing this freelancing, uh, you know, uh, gig or career, uh, did you ever then, I mean, cause you said it was pretty hard going at, at some points in time, uh, did you ever have any other, like, did you ever do any personal training or any other work to make an income or was it, it's literally you graduated and it's just been freelance writing ever since?
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's a good question. Uh, I did, there was a period there when I was like supplementing my freelance writing with, um, online coaching for like nutrition and and, and training. Cause I was just not making enough money through freelance writing. Um, so that was a that was a, something I did for like probably like 2 or 3 years I would say. Um and I still kind of do it but it's mostly like pro bono for like friends or something. I have a few friends that like compete in bodybuilding and and I'll help them with their diets and stuff, but I don't really use that as like a way to generate income anymore. Um I actually felt like doing that for money kind of took a lot of the fun out of it. Um <laughs> uh Cause the thing is like, I love helping people reach their goals, especially their fitness goals and and helping them decide like, you know, if a supplement is worth taking or something like that. But, um, it was just something about like when it became a transactional thing, I just didn't enjoy it as much. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Got it. Okay. Now, um, let's, I want to touch on like your own, uh, training. So you mentioned powerlifting, you mentioned, you just mentioned helping some friends, uh, reach their bodybuilding goals. Um, so will you kind of walk us through, I'm, I'm very curious and interested in kind of the the evolution of your own personal training. So um, let's just talk, let's kind of start from college. How were you training? Uh, and then just kind of walk us through the evolution of, of how your training has changed over the years. And then currently for you personally, what do you feel like is the best way for you to train your physical body oh yeah mm-hmm.
1: um all right so when i got into lifting initially it was it was mostly for like sports yeah. you know it's like i wanted to be stronger for football and basketball and just kind of like focusing on like you know the basic lifts you know benching and, and squatting and deadlifting and cleaning and stuff like that um but then i you know i got into college and I was i wasn't playing you know organized sports anymore and and I still needed like an outlet to stay active, and and so that's when I got like into training for powerlifting and mm. um and you know taking interest in like bodybuilding. Even though I don't I don't I don't think I've ever really aspired to compete in bodybuilding. I do enjoy the activity of it though. Like I I like the just kind of I just like yeah just going into the gym and doing like a high volume training session, um, but. I think my interest was more in powerlifting is because I, I just liked the, I liked the objectivity of powerlifting, whereas bodybuilding, as you can imagine, is fairly subjective, um, and it's got a lot of issues. You know that there's, uh, you know, tons of drug use and stuff like that that goes on in bodybuilding that I just wasn't ready to get into, um, and so I wanted to go the powerlifting route. And uh, I did that for probably like a decade, oh, probably like seven or eight years. I would say I was strictly training for like powerlifting. Yeah. Um, and then I suffered a pretty bad spinal injury uh, when I was squatting and I like herniated a disc and my lower back and it it, yeah, it was never the same after that. Um, I actually was told by two physicians after that happened that I needed to get a spinal fusion. And I didn't do it because I just read way too many bad things on, you know, even studies that were just like, you have like a 50, 50 shot, basically of like getting a good outcome. And you would probably need like a revision surgery at some point. I was just like, I'm this, I'm too young for that. I was like 29 at the time. Um, so I decided not to do that, but then it was just like a long period of like being in chronic pain and uh, not being able to lift really. And, um, I was just constantly researching like ways to try and fix a herniated disc without surgery. And, um, the kind of reality is you just got to kind of take time off of lifting and, and do like different stretches and, um, and then just give it time. And, uh, but I'm happy to say like this past year, probably like, yeah, past year now, I've been like getting back into like diligent lifting and, um, uh, and being able to do most exercises that I want to do again. And, but I'm not, I don't really train for power lifting anymore. Just cause I just, I just am too worried about hurting myself again. Um, and I don't make money power lifting, you know, it just doesn't make sense for me to get hurt like that again. Cause that, took me out of commission for like a few years. And it was really hard to, you know, even just go about my day with that pain. Um, and like, it was, you know, keeping me from working and stuff like that. So now I, now I kind of approach my training. Like, I, I just want to be functional and like athletic. Um, and obviously, you know, looking muscular is, is fun, but, um, but I, I, I know my limitations now, and, I, and I'm, like, very conscientious of, like, what I can and can't do. And if something hurts, I don't do it. Um, but I would say now I kind of just train, like, almost like bodybuilding style um, with a functional component to it because I want to be able to move freely and, you know, like, go on hikes and stuff without feeling like my back is, you know, an excruciating pain. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of – it's this – it's a component of taking care of my body now. Um, but I still do love. Yeah. I still love lifting and it's always going to be something that I enjoy. I think for the rest of my life, um, even if it's, you know, even if that means I'm not able to go in and deadlifts like I used to, or squat, like I used to, I still, still thoroughly enjoy it. And I just enjoy pushing myself kind of, you know, as much as I can. Mm.
0: What is, uh, what is your eating, uh, kind of look like, uh, current day and how has that changed over the years? If it has Elliot.
1: Um, I would say, you know, I would say, and anybody that's spent time with me would say this too. I'm a pretty, like what you say, like a clean eater. Um, you know, I eat a lot of like vegetables and, and, uh, you know, lean protein sources, you know, chicken, um, And, you know, I work for a supplement company and so I get like protein powder and stuff for free and I usually use that, usually like whey protein and um, different vegan protein stuff that we make too. Um, But I would say, yeah, I'm mostly, you know, a pretty balanced diet. I don't really like restrict, I don't like restrict fats or carbs or anything like that, but I am very mindful of like where my macronutrients are coming from. Um, You know, I try to eat mostly complex you know, carb services. Um, uh, and I do do intermittent fasting, not necessarily because I think it's going to make me live longer. Um, mostly just because I feel like it's actually, I like the lifestyle of it a little bit better. Um, I used to be the type that was like, oh, I have to eat every two to three hours. and You know, just carrying Tupperware everywhere. And like, I just, I got so sick of that. <laughs> And, uh, I honestly, I've, I've been doing intermittent fasting for like 10 years now, and I don't think it made a difference really either one way or the other. I mean, I don't think it makes a big deal whether you eat every five hours or every two hours or every eight hours. Um, the main thing is just kind of, it's like main thing I tell people when they ask like how to lose weight, I'm like, well, portion control and eating fewer calories is the main thing. Um, but of course, like food quality does play a little, plays a role for sure too. And I, yeah, I just try to eat like mostly wholesome stuff, I guess. I don't really, um, but you know, if I want an Oreo, I'll have one. I'm not, I'm not at a point where like, I need to restrict myself, you know, tons if I am craving something. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, for the most part, I like to think that I eat pretty healthy
0: foods. Yeah. Now we mentioned earlier Colorado being a little bit uh, you know, of a different state. Now you mentioned you eat meat, the the plant-based uh, Coloradoans uh, haven't gotten after you <laughs> yet, Elliot, or what? Or you just don't care.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't I don't I just I I well I don't really eat a lot of red meat anymore. I, I don't know. I just kind of lost my craving for it as I've gotten older for some reason. I don't really crave like steak or anything like a burger. I mean, maybe once in a while, but and I don't eat like pork really. Um, I would say chicken is the main animal source of protein that I eat and then eggs. Um, but yeah, the Colorado ones haven't got me on the vegan bandwagon just yet. I've definitely dated plenty of vegans out here though. So it's I don't know. I get to they end up always taking me to vegan restaurants in like Denver and stuff. And some of them are actually pretty good. So yeah. yeah. I can get on board with some of that stuff.
0: So. Yeah. I I'm just I'm just having fun. I I no, I, I, I had yeah. to throw that out there because you know uh Colorado's a, a unique place full of awesome people, mm-hmm. but sometimes <laughs> I'm just like, man, like <laughs> so, anyways, um now, you mentioned uh, working for a supplement company. I'm assuming that's uh, Transparent Labs uh, that you were referring mm-hmm. to. Is that correct? Okay, because yep. that's that's actually uh, how I came across you. I was sure. looking, looking at Transparent Labs' uh, website, trying to find some uh, legit, clean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, way isolate, came to their website. I actually bought some. And I like to always, I like to find out the story behind the supplements, why, wh- why, like, wh- why are they in existence? And then, you know, if they have like a board of advisors or, you know, the clinicians or whatever, I like to, I just kind of like to go through all that. And you, you were, you were uh, on their website as a part of the team. And I think it said something about, you know, enjoying like hiking in Colorado or something. like, well, I'm in Colorado. Here's the Colorado dude. Like, yeah. why, why not? So I, I didn't find I usually go to Instagram first because that's where I reach out to most people for podcasts. Didn't find you on there, found you on Facebook, sent you a, a, a DM on Facebook. You're like, how did how did you find me? And I was like, Transparent Labs website and you want to do a podcast. And, and so here we are. But uh my I guess my question is how did you get connected with Transparent Labs? And then also I, I would love to just hear your professional take on, it, you know, kind of jokingly earlier about you know the 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 plant-based stuff, but um, there is a lot of, you know, uh, argument. There's a lot of uh, information out there. Like, you know, is is plant-based the way to go? Is vegan the way to go? You know, can you eat meat? Like, so can you kind of clear up after you answer how you got connected with uh, Transparent Labs? Can you kind of clear up for us to the best of your knowledge in terms of, uh, you know, what what diet, what eating lifestyle is right for people if there is a right, if there is a wrong Just touch on that if you don't mind.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, And I'm, thank you for buying some of our protein and uh, hopefully you liked it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I, I got, I got connected with Transparent Labs. Um, well, it was, it was kind of a bizarre, I guess, serendipitous situation almost, but, um, I was, I was freelancing at the time and and I was freelancing for somebody in Canada that was literally selling like one product on Amazon. Um, and he reached out to me and said that he like really wanted to, to kind of develop a brand that was, was like grounded in science and like really evidence-based formulas. Cause at the time there was a lot of just not so good stuff on the market. Um, and uh and I just kind of I don't know, it was just like when he came to me, I was just like, I feel like this guy's on the right track because this is something the supplement industry needs. And so I started writing for him and and uh it wasn't transparent labs at the time. Um, but what happened was I wrote for him for several years and just saw the company grow. And then um I was actually freelancing for transparent labs as well at the time, but they were much smaller. Um, and then the guy that the other guy that I was freelancing for in Canada, he told me that he was actually going to try and buy transparent labs. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's bizarre. Like I'm writing for them. Like, do you want me to put you in touch with the owner? And so then they got connected and um, yeah, a few years later yeah, uh, they bought transparent labs and then they brought me on full time. And, um, and yeah, so now I've been, full-time with them, uh, for, yeah, you know, like I said, for like four years, almost five. Um, but I've been freelancing for the guy that owns the company. Oh, I was freelancing with him for before that. So I've been working for him for like almost a decade. Wow. Um, and we, you know, they jokingly say that I was like employee number one, um, which is actually somewhat true. Cause yeah, was, uh, he was just like, like I said, he was selling like one supplement on Amazon when he first found me. Um, and now, you know, he owns several different brands and they have like hundreds of SKUs. So it's kind of crazy to see how that's evolved. Um, but uh, yeah, to answer your question, like the plant-based thing, that's a, I've, I've written articles about this actually too, about like, you know, should you eat like the carnivore diet or should you go plant-based and, uh, or is there like an, a, a, you know, happy medium there? Um, and honestly, like if you look at the, a lot of the research, I think it kind of goes both ways. Like there's, you know, there's evidence that people that are vegetarian, you know, are like at a lower risk of like cardiovascular disease and stuff like that. Um, and then there's evidence that like people that eat, you know, a lot of steak are at a higher risk of like colorectal cancer. Um, but it's pretty, I don't know, it's a nuanced issue because it seems like there's a lot of different factors that contribute to like those outcomes that might be, um, like confounding those results. Um, like there's some evidence that the colorectal rates of cancer and meat eaters is higher because of the specific species of cattle that the the state comes from, which, you know, again, if you're like eating free range, you know, um, non-hormonally treated cattle and stuff like that, it might be healthier. Um, and then, but then again, you know, again, like it's, it's one of those things where you have the, like the plant-based issues is like you might have micronutrient deficiencies. You might be, um, not eating enough creatine, you know, there's all types of different issues that can come from that. Um, but again, I think it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where like when people come to me, like, should I eat plant-based? It's like, well, I would say you should do that if you believe ethically or, uh, like environmentally that like, that's what, what you think is best for yourself or for the, or for the world, maybe. Um, but then, you you know, I don't, cause like I've had people that have come to me and said that they switched to a carnivore diet and it like resolved their gut issues. Um, and who am I to say, well, you should stop doing that. Um, cause there is actually some research that shows that it can help with like, uh, you know, uh, I think they call it like SIBO or short intestinal bowel outlet. No, short intestinal bowel obstruction, I think it's called. But I've, anyways, I've heard quite a few anecdotes from people that have said, like, they switched to, like, a plant, plant-free diet, <laughs> which is bizarre. Um, and it, you know, helped, like, their their gut issues. And it's like, well, if, if it works, it works. Um, me, personally, I'm, I'm an omnivore. I, I I get the best of both worlds. You know, I eat <laughs> vegetables and meat. Um but yeah, it's I, I do think it's it's entirely possible to eat a plant based diet and like and you know and build a lot of muscle or um, or get really strong. Like, there's no reason you can't do that if you really want to eat a plant based diet. Um, and if you only want to eat meat, there's a possibility you, you might never get cancer. Who knows? Um, but I do think it's one of those things that like it's it's kind of a newer topic that. Um, we haven't really gotten to the point yet with like research on it that we can say conclusively like, well, you know, people that eat plant-based diets live this much longer than people that eat a carnivore diet or whatever the case is. Um, But yeah, it's, it's certainly interesting nonetheless. And um, it's one of those things where I think people should just kind of, they should follow one of those diets if they firmly believe that it's like best for them from a health standpoint, or they have a strong, you know, ethical conviction about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I've come to the same conclusion with uh, nutrition and dieting and all that. It's like, man, find what works best for you and, and run with it. Um, Mm -hmm. now, uh, touching on, uh, kind of like the, the supplement industry, uh, we want to talk about a head spinner. The supplement industry is definitely a head spinner. I think I think we've made a lot of progress since when we were uh you know uh you know in the magazine era of you know Flex and Muscular Development and uh Animal Pack and uh oh, Muscle Tech and all all the things. I mean I remember ordering off of bodybuilding.com when I was probably like in middle school, high school like this I don't know it was like a 10 pound jug of, of protein. Only God knows what was in it, but man, I wanted to get, <laughs> I wanted to get big. It was pretty cheap. And, you know, yeah. so, um, what, I, what, I, what I want to kind of touch on, uh, Elliot is, um, you know, that that's why I was on transparent labs website initially. Cause I, 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 I'm, I'm look I was looking for something that was legit. I was looking for something, uh, you know, very, uh, minimalistic ingredients. And uh, with with a little bit of flavoring, right? Uh, but yeah. I don't need anything extreme. Uh, and it's just, I mean, you type in whatever you want to type in in terms of, let's just say, whey protein isolate on Google, and you're going to get, I mean, thousands of pages to sift through and articles and mm-hmm. this company and that company. And it's just, it's it's nuts. So from a professional standpoint, uh, for somebody who's been in this industry for a long time, who works for a legit Uh, brand and company and transparent labs. How, how can we as consumers who are looking for it, doesn't matter if it's whey protein or if it's a creatine supplement or BCAA or uh, whatever it is, what steps can we take to find a supplement that is legitimate, so to speak?
1: Mm. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I want to say, like, one of the best things you can do. Um, it's it's not. It's definitely not like don't like just read Amazon reviews. That's not the way to go. Um, but I would say honestly, uh, it, the one thing to check is if they if they have like a third party certification, like that, that like has shown that they, what they claim is in the product is actually in it, and that it doesn't have stuff in there that it shouldn't. Um, and I mean, I'm not saying like you, sh- you have to go through every single brand and do this, but like, I feel like if you just maybe go on, I'm not, I mean, this is bizarre. Cause like, I've never really had to do this is because I've sort of landed with the right companies. I feel like, but if I was like a consumer, I think I would mostly just almost like go on Google and type in like supplement companies that have been, uh, tested by a third party lab. Um, Or like whey protein that has like a third-party lab test or something like that. Um, And hopefully it would populate it with some results, you know, like transparent labs. Um, But I would say also also what you could do, and uh, I think there's a website called labdoor.com. And I'm pretty sure they test lots of different products on the market to like see if they're actually what they claim they are um granted i know there's i think there's been some controversy over that like they might be paid (laughs) by some companies so (laughs) that would remove the impartiality there um but also there's like examine.com which is a great website if you're just looking for like supplements that actually work period like they'll just look at stuff like do omega-3s actually help like should you even bother um like that's a good, that's a, that's been a good resource for me over the years. And I know some of their writers and they're, you know, very qualified. Um, uh, but yeah, honestly, I think it, it's, it is a bit of, you do have, I mean, admittedly you do have to kind of sift through some of the garbage to, to find what you're looking for when it comes to supplements. And that's kind of always how it's been. Um, you know, even back in the days where bodybuilding, you know, like you said, buying a massive bag of something on bodybuilding.com, And it's just like, does this even have protein in it? Like, you have no idea. Um, But I do think that we've come a long ways in terms of, like, companies now that are actually paying attention to that and and getting their stuff tested because, at the end of the day, like, I mean, the people that work at Transparent Labs, we're all into lifting. We all like to take supplements. Like, we're not – we are, like, just as uh, scrupulous about, like, making sure it is what it is as the consumer, you know, because we use this stuff, like – And it, yeah, it's one of those things where uh, I have a hard time taking stuff from companies if I just, if I can't be confident that it is what it is. Um, Because if you go on the FDA website, they also have a list on there of all the companies that they've tested products for and found that it wasn't what it was or that it had, you know, an illicit drug in it. And the list is huge. It's, It's a massive database of, and some of the brands are very well known, you know, and it's like almost shocking. You're like, what the heck? Like, but then if you go on Amazon, you see it has like a bunch of great reviews, and that's why you're just like, wow. Like, people don't even realize. Um, did you did you ever take you know back in the day? Did you ever take like Jack 3D? No, I, I never. I, I
0: never. I never got too deep into supplements because I've always been very uh, um, uh, cautious of, of what I take, and I competed as a drug free athlete. Um, Love so it. I never, you know, at uh, GNC back in the day, I never had them unlock the, like the glass case and take, you know, uh, <laughs> any test supplements or anything like that. I, when I was growing up, I took, uh, whey protein, uh, L-glutamine and creatine. Cause like, you know, all the magazines were saying like, these are, these are like yeah. legit, uh, science backed supplements. Uh, and so that's, that's all I ever dabbled in. And, and of course I took, uh, the animal pack, uh, you know, vitamins because those ads are the best ever, man. <laughs> oh, they were great. Yeah, they're
1: very grungy feeling. Oh, yeah, dude. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah, actually, I we have I have some animal pack. We we sometimes will just order stuff just to see what other companies are doing. But um, it's cra- it's crazy because that formula has been the exact same for like oh, yeah. twenty years. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I mean it's uh it's one of those things with supplements and, and like the ones that you just listed i would say actually like creatine and protein are, are well validated like creatine is the most researched supplement on the planet um you know and, and but once you start getting into like yeah some of the exotic the exotic stuff that claims to boost your testosterone that's usually where it falls off pretty quick um and that, but I was I was asking about the Jack 3D thing because they, you know, they had the whole issue with like they had that stimulant in it, which is uh, it's called uh, 13DMAA, um, which is actually it was actually initially that was a drug that was a nasal decongestant like in the 1970s, um, but it's uh, it's a very power it's like a very strong stimulant. And it is very addictive and has a lot of bad like withdrawals. So people were taking it, you know, this this pre-workout and having these amazing workouts because it essentially gets you like high. <laughs> and, but then you just crash and it feels terrible. And uh this is kind of like the start of I feel like a lot of pretty black hat activities with supplements and especially the stimulant based ones. And yeah, it's just kind of crazy because companies I mean, I think there was that, that issue with craze back in the day too. It was shortly after Jack3D where they had found like methamphetamine and it. it's like, yeah, it's, uh, it was a bit of a wake up call, I think for the supplement industry, but the FDA has been pretty rigorous lately about like cracking down on that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, well that's good. Cause like, like we've kind of talked about, uh, we, we grew up in the same generation era and back in the day, which I, it's always weird saying back in the day, we're only in our, <laughs> but, you know, uh, 20, 20 years ago, man, like it was just, I know. just, just, I mean, a complete insanity. Uh, you know, you, and, and now you've got like the, the peptide stuff where, you know, yeah. only God knows what, what, what all of that stuff is, where it's coming from, what it's going to do long-term. So, um, I, I, I just want to thank you, uh, Elliot for giving us at least kind of a direction to, 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 to go with the third party testing. Cause I mean, even for somebody like myself, and even if, if you weren't in the shoes that you're in with all the great brands that you've been able to connect with and not really ever having to look for stuff um, you know, I'm sure if you had to try to figure things out, like it's, it's like, I said, for myself, being in this industry for years and years and years, like it's, it can be overwhelming. And you just like, dude, you, you don't know, like, is this person getting paid by that person? Is this, are these legit reviews? Like, it's just, it's just, it's just a, 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 it's just a mess out there. But um, I, like you said, and, and and I completely concur, um, I, I think it is getting a lot better or making some headway. So um, I want to ask you then, uh, like, what is like your personal, uh, and if you want to give actual, if it's, you know, all transparent labs, whatever, but what is kind of like your daily regimen for uh, supplements and, you know, is it, you know, the, the whey protein, creatine pre-workout omega threes, like what, what is the the gamma, even including like vitamins, minerals, whatever you might take for, uh, just your overall health and, and, and performance sake.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I, I, I use, I use the grass fed whey isolate from, from transparent labs. Um, and I usually, I'll use that after I work out. Um, and I take creatine, we make a creatine HMB product it's called as well that I use. Um, uh, and then I, I take some essential amino acids. Um, usually I will use those before I go to the gym. Um, and, uh, it's got a little bit of glutamine in it as well. And some citrulline, um, and I, I, I am a big fan of like using, um, our, our pre-workout, uh, it's the, actually called uh, Bulk, Transparent Labs Bulk, it's called, and um, it's got, you know, it's got a good dose of citrulline in it, it's got betaine, anhydrous, and it's got uh, beta-alanine, and caffeine, of course, and um, we do have some stimulant-free versions if people don't like caffeine, um, and... I mean, I, I wouldn't say that's like a must have by any means, but it, it definitely helps for just kind of getting going before you go to the gym. And, um, but honestly, I would say for as much, for as many supplements as I could take, <laughs> I actually take fairly, I take like a fairly minimalistic approach to it. I don't try to rely on supplements. I mostly just, I try to get most of my needs from, from, from my diet. But, you know, occasionally I'll take like, an, uh, if I need like some extra electrolyte powder or something, I'll, I'll throw a scoop of uh, TL hydrate in, in my shaker and go to the gym. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think like, if I was to give people like the top five supplements that they might want to consider in general, just for like health and performance and longevity, you know, I'm, I, you're probably looking at, you know, creatine, if you need a protein supplement, Um, you know, BCAAs, EAAs or essential amino acids and branched chain amino acids can be beneficial, especially if you're on like a really low calorie diet. I think that's when they're most beneficial for preserving your muscle mass. Um, and then, you know, maybe some like krill oil or fish oil, something to kind of help your blood lipids. Um, and then a multi V really, if you, if you feel like you even need that, but I, I don't know. Personally, I think multivitamins. I don't know. They're kind of hit or miss. Um, it's actually interesting if you look at some of the, like, if you look at some of the longitudinal studies on uh, multivites, they actually have found that people that take them tend to live shorter lives. <laughs> but that, I don't know. It's just an interesting observation because it, it does make you kind of wonder what's going on there. But I think part of that is because they're probably taking it as a replacement for eating a good diet. Um, that's my working theory on that. But, um, sadly, a lot of multi on the market are pretty much just garbage. Um, especially like the ones that you find at like the supermarket, those are usually just going to be not doing much at all. Um, you're much better off just eating some fruits and vegetables, I would say. Um, but you know, there are some good quality multi out there. Uh, if you feel like that's helping you meet your nutrient needs. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I take, I take green tea extract and then I take agmatine, um, and ashwagandha I'll take from time to time. I take, there's like different adaptogens that I think can be useful at times, but but yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm, I try to keep it pretty simple with supplements. I, I try not to get too deep into, you know, like testosterone boosters and stuff like that. I just I just don't know if they're worth the money sometimes.
0: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It makes sense. Um how did you uh you mentioned you you lived in different places Elliot and you 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 know uh found that you wanted to live in Colorado. Uh why why Colorado? Obviously, you and I know it's a great state and full of great people and just so much to do in terms of fitness and outdoors and just all the things but why? Why? Uh, why Colorado? Why have you uh, decided to make Colorado uh, your your home state, your your place of residence?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I, I you know, yeah, I moved out here. I moved to Colorado Springs initially and lived there for two years. And um, I didn't know anybody out here. I didn't have any family out here. But I, I when I was growing up, we we had um, one of my uncles lived in Colorado Springs and because he was in the Air Force. And we would visit from time to time. And I just remember, I was always like, this is such a beautiful state. Like, I'd love to live out here someday. And and, uh, coincidentally, one of my neighbors in the Minneapolis area when we were growing up was like a hardcore Broncos fan. And they grew up because he was from Colorado. And they were always like telling me about how awesome it was out here. And uh, he actually lives out here now, too. Um, But, uh, yeah, I just remember coming out here. And just been like, man, I would love to live out here, go to school out here. And um, when I was in high school, my dad and I flew out here to visit, like um, UC Boulder and Colorado State up in Fort Collins, and um, and UNC up in Greeley. And um, as much as I wanted to go to school out here, the out-of-state tuition was absurd. <laughs> so decided not to do that. But, um, then when I started the freelancing and kind of realizing that I had Liberty to live wherever, I was like, well, why don't I give Colorado a shot? And, uh, and yeah, I just kind of on a whim moved to Colorado Springs and, um, the rest is history. I've been here for like eight years now. Um, and, uh, I just love, I just love the nature it has out here. Honestly, that was the main thing that drew me to Colorado. It wasn't really anything more than that. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't pot. <laughs> like that's what a lot of people. ask, Like you moving to Colorado for the weed. Oh, heck no. Like I just want to be in the mountains. Um, Cause I don't know. I'm not much of a hippie, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, I just wanted to be in a beautiful, beautiful spot. And um, yeah, that, that's really the main thing that brought me out here.
0: Awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I hear from a lot of uh, people that are out here. Um, We're going to start wrapping up Elliot. I want to ask you a few more things in kind of closing in terms of your writing career uh, and, and, you know, just being kind of in the health and fitness space for so long, has there been any uh, writers or uh, you know, individuals maybe within the space of health and fitness and supplements that you would consider a mentor or anybody along your life journey that you feel like uh you know has kind of given you uh, uh, a a a boost in terms of your career and 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 anything of, of that sort
1: i mean yeah i i would say there was a guy um his name is uh Tony Folly. He lives in Australia and he runs a company or a website called simply shredded.com. I think they have like a couple million followers on Instagram. Um, but he was, he was instrumental in, in really getting my, my writing career and, and whatnot off the ground. And, um, cause he actually was like one of the first people to discover me, I would say. And, um, he had me start writing some articles for his website and they got like really good feedback from, from his fan base. And, um, and then he, uh, asked me to write an ebook for him, um, which has sold like hundreds of thousands of copies, I think. Um, and it's just like an ebook that talks about like, uh, like getting shredded basically, <laughs> which is, uh, is, is a catchy title for sure. But, um, but yeah, he was he was a big part of like why I was able to, um, you know, get to where I am now, and and um, it was definitely like encouraging and because uh, he he came to me and he was like I'm telling you like there's just not many good writers in this in, in this niche especially and and you're one of them and um, yeah it was and he he also showed me a lot about like how to how to find clients and like how to you know continue writing and and make a living from it. So, um, yeah, very appreciative of that.
0: What in your, in your personal professional uh, opinion, what makes someone a great writer or a writer that is worth reading, so to speak, maybe not necessarily a writer in the sense of writing a book, or maybe it is, maybe it's somebody like yourself, freelancer, more just like articles, things like that. But uh, you know, writing—you um, know—is is a gift. Uh, I, I think it can be learned, but for a lot of people, it's just like an artist. It's it's just something that's a gift. It's just something you're born with. It's innate uh, within you. Mm-hmm. So, what what makes a great writer, uh, Elliot?
1: I think it's. Um, it, it might sound almost uh, cliche, but I think it's it's learning to write like you are talking to somebody. Um, cause I think when we, when we, when we write, we almost tend to, um, talk differently mm. and, and, and almost, I think people can get a little carried away and it's like, it's, it's almost like, you know, they're trying to, um, uh, write in a way that isn't, it's like not how, how they would talk to you organically. Mm. Um. And I, I think that's maybe why people have appreciated reading my material a little bit more, because I, I feel like I'm pretty, um, candid when I write, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not like filtering out necessarily, you know, I, of course there's like a, a structure to it. Um, and you know, I'm not being like verbose, or, but you know, I'm not using phrases like "um" and, and, you know, like to fill in the space, but, um, because I, I do that a lot when I talk, which is something I need to work on for sure, but um keep doing it. Um Anyways, yeah, when I write, I just try to I try to write like I'm having a conversation with people. And and I think when you're writing articles, especially, I think that's something that people appreciate because otherwise they just feel like, especially in this day, you, you feel like you're reading something that a, like an AI wrote. You know, it's just like, come on. <laughs> it's got to have some... It's got to have a human component to it i think it's got to have some some uh like some passion um you can tell when somebody's writing something and they're not passionate about it because mm. it'll just it'll just drag on and you're just like this is this just doesn't feel like it has any energy in it um but if you are passionate about something like use your voice like yeah. it's like what they, why they say like you have to have a good writer's voice and i think that really means like talking to people like you would be having a conversation. Mm. Um, Cause I think that's what people appreciate, especially in this day and age when everything is seemingly generated by a robot or a computer. Um, it's like have some character in your writing. And uh, I think people will definitely gravitate towards that.
0: Mm. Yeah. Love that. What's your use. Uh, you, I think you said you're almost done with your, uh graduate degree uh what's what's that in and then uh tying in with that what what do you you know i don't want to say in the next five or ten years because if somebody asked me that i'm like i don't even really know what's gonna, I, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow right so I, i'm not going to ask that question but yeah. what what do you do you have like some sort of vision or direction that you are pursuing within your life uh, maybe it coincides with the writing and being a part of transparent labs and all that. Maybe, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. That's why I, I'm just curious. So you're, you're, about ready to have your graduate degree. What's that in and then what's the future hold for Elliot as far as you can tell and, and see at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I fully agree with what you just said too. Yeah. I, I when I, so somebody says like, what's your 10 year, five year plan? I'm like, I, I, why heck if I know, like,
0: oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah, I mean, and kind of why I appreciated you reaching out about this is because I I have certainly considered, like, the idea of, like, doing, like, a podcast or something like that Um, uh, or, like, a YouTube channel or whatever it may be Um, because, you know, given that I've been writing for – I've been writing for over a decade, um, it's definitely something that you kind of – you can get burned out on it. I won't lie. Um, I've written hundreds of articles now, and a lot of them have been on very similar topics and he just gets a little redundant sometimes. I'm like, how much can I write about, you know, what the best pre-workout is? Um, but, um, I do like the idea of still being kind of in this, in the realm that I'm in, but maybe changing the medium. Um, and yeah, I think the idea of like having a podcast would be fun, um, or doing like video content or informational content that way. Um, but I've also considered, you know, I'm getting my, my master's this year in in molecular pharmacology. So it could open options if I wanted to write for like a pharmaceutical company or a biomedical company. Um, I'm not sure if that's really what I would be passionate about yet. Um, or getting involved in like research maybe, but, um, it's one of those things where like, I, I love the company I work for right now. I love the people I work for. Um, and it's, uh, it's been kind of like, it's something I worked, I worked hard to get to this point and I don't want to just like walk away from it all of a sudden without really, you know, putting some thought into that. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of up in the air, but certainly would like the idea of maybe, um, you know, turning my attention to, a different medium of getting content out there than just writing. Cause the reality is too, is like the world is changing. And I think I read something the other day that most people, when they click on an article, they don't even get like 200 words into it before they're already, their attention's on something else, you know? <laughs> so I write, you know, articles that are 2000 words long. And like, I wonder if like people even read half of it and it, that can kind of be a, uh, dejecting thing to think about but the reality is people want information but they want it quick you know and it's like they want like digestible tidbits that they can get in like 20 seconds and uh i just don't know if long form writing is compatible with that um you know there are going to be the few people the nerds that you know are like me and they want to read all the data and stuff but most people are just like give me the cliff notes you know <laughs> so um yeah, kind of that all plays into it. Um, yeah, so we'll see.
0: So what, what, uh, what are you passionate about Elliot? I know you said kind of in the beginning of our conversation, you, you love helping other people, uh, and you need to be, you know, uh, in tune yourself or, 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 uh, you know, you need to be taking care of yourself so you can do that. But is there like a, a burning passion or something that really sets your soul on fire? If so, what, what is that? Like, not just helping people that's generic, like specifically is yeah. something specific.
1: Oh man. I mean, I do think it would be, I, I as, as, for as far as I've come with writing, I do think that like, I, it's like almost like, Oh, it to myself to write, to write some sort of a book. Oh. Um, and you know, naturally I do think it might, like I've had people tell me like I should write like, you know, like an ultimate guide to like supplements or something like that. Um, which would certainly be something I'd be passionate about. Um, But at the same time, like I, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of in a phase of my life right now where um, I'm I'm almost like trying to find another passion because I've been passionate about like supplements and exercise for a while, but I don't know if that's necessarily like what I want my entire life to be about, you know? And so I'm, I'm definitely kind of in like a, almost like a renaissance discovery phase of like trying to figure out what another passion of mine is that I would really want to put like my full effort and, and, and attention into, um, I just don't know quite what that is yet. Okay. I wish I could give you an answer on that, but, um, I just don't know if I have it
0: right now. Yeah. that's yeah. That's, that's perfect, man. It's beautiful because it goes back to what you said earlier when we we're talking about philosophy kind of religious stuff you know it's like you said i i i don't i, I don't mean you know, i don't i don't know and that's that's the thing it's like we live in such a uh i don't know how to word it but just kind of a crazy fast paced ever changing world and and because of social media it it's i think a lot of us are starting to get conditioned that like you know at a certain age i've got to i've got to have this degree i've, I've got to be in a relationship i've got to have a dog i've got to have a house i got to have my dream job i got to have this amount of money set aside but at the end of the day like if, if, if that's not for you that's not for you if it's for you that's great but if it's not for you that's more than okay and and nobody no human being on planet earth has it all figured out if if they, if they say they do, they're, 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 they're lying, you know? And, and yes, some people, you know, uh, have more money and have better cars and bigger houses and, you know, better looking significant others and more degrees and all that. But it, at the end of the day, like nobody has it figured out. Some people can just hide their, their, uh, you know, ignorance better and can hide their issues better, but we're all in this together. Like you said earlier, right? Elliot. So thank you for being, uh, you know, candid with, with that answer. Like, I'm, I don't really know. That's, that's perfect. It's great. You're at a place where it's like, man, like the world's before you. Right.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's like you said, there's, there's nothing wrong with not knowing, you know, I think that's, that's where, that's where humans tend to tend to struggle though. It's like, we, we like to know things before they happen. know because it's it's, and that actually goes back to the whole thing about anxiety which is like literally an innate response to your body being like i don't know what's coming you know but that's okay because that's also just part of being human and that's part of living in this world is just having no idea of what the heck is coming um and there's nothing wrong with that though it's like you're trying to figure it out and that's okay um so yeah i appreciate that from you too and um And it is, you know, it's one of those things too. Like, I think society has conditioned us to be like, well, you, you know, you have to have this amount of money to be successful. And it's like, well, why is that the barometer for success? Um, There's, there's that. I think that's, that's just a silly, you know, societal notion that like your bank account tells you if you're successful or whatever, or your house or your cars or your significant other. It's like, that's, that's just kind of silly. So, yeah, just figuring it out.
0: Just figuring out, man. We're all a work in progress, right? Exactly. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up uh, here, uh, Elliot. With this question, um, what is health to you?
1: Uh, <laughs> that's a good. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, what is health to me? Um, I mean, I've actually written about that a little bit, like about, like what 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 constitutes healthy. Um, cause you, you might look at somebody on like the cover of a fitness magazine and be like, well, that's a healthy person, right? Well, they might not be actually, they might be taking a bunch of steroids that are going to end their life in 10 years. You never know. (laughs) Um, so I, I definitely don't think that, that appearance is synonymous with health because you can be quite healthy and you could be slightly overweight, um, you know, you could be slightly underweight and still be quite healthy. I think health is really just a matter of, like, do you feel good in your own skin? And is your body, like, are your, you know, are your metabolic levels at, like, where they should be? Like, are your blood lipids in a healthy range? Like, I think that's kind of the the baseline of, like, what's healthy. But then also you have to consider, like, is your mind in the right place? You know, um, uh, do you feel like you can do things that you you know, that bring you joy. Um, so I, I, I mean, you could almost say that, I mean, in some sense health is, um, kind of synonymous with like your survival, um, or your ability to survive. Um, but I, I think it's really just like, is it, it's like a kind of a, a baseline measure of like how you're feeling, how you're functioning. Um, and you know, cause obviously if you, don't feel like you're functioning or feeling great, something is not working the way it should. Um, And that would be considered like an unhealthy state. Um, So yeah, that's kind of the, that's a very brief answer to that. (laughs)
0: Perfect. Yeah, that's good. Um, Okay. Uh, I think that's a great ending point uh, for us today, Elliot, with our conversation. I wanna just kind of give you the final, word here before I do a quick outro and we, we wrap it up. I want to, uh, just give you an opportunity. If you want to, uh, share any final thoughts, any final words you can, if you don't have anything, that's fine too. But, uh, also, um, you know, if people want to connect with you, we, we already know that you're not on Instagram, you're on Facebook, but if there's any other places that you want to send people to connect with you, if you want to kind of direct people towards anything, uh, eh, with regard to, uh, transparent labs, any other, brands or companies that you're affiliated with, that you want to uh, share with us. Um, I'm just going to turn it over to you, uh, give you the platform to kind of share some of your final thoughts and words, and then I'll do a quick outro and we'll get out of here. So uh, platform is yours, Elliot.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly, the main thing I just want to say is I, I appreciate you for having me on and uh, for the people that are listening, I appreciate you taking the time to do that. And I hope you gain something useful from this. Um, And if people do want to reach out to me, they're more than welcome to message me on Facebook. You can find me by my name. You know, I think I'm the only Elliot Reimers out there. (laughs) But uh, um, and if they if they want, they can also email me. My email is uh, Elliot at TransparentLabs.com. And I'd be happy to answer questions and stuff that way, too. Um, But uh, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm mostly just appreciative to have this opportunity and uh for you kind of give me a platform to to talk to people. So um yeah, thank you for that.
0: For sure. Yeah, no you're you're welcome and thank you Elliot for coming on and uh sharing your story with us man. It's uh it's greatly appreciated, okay? Yeah. Totally. Right. Awesome. I'm going to do a quick outro and I'll I'll uh I'll, I'll get you out of here. All of you right. who are tuning into another episode of Curious and Candid, I just want to say thank you so very much. I appreciate all of you. I value all of you. And if you guys would like to uh, connect with me, I'd love to connect with you. There's a couple places that we can connect. First place is Instagram, Curious and Candid Podcast. Um, the second place, if you want to connect with uh, me, uh, feel free to reach out to me through email. Uh, that email is curiousandcandidpodcast at gmail.com. Before you guys uh, leave today, if you guys would do a huge favor and please subscribe to Curious and Candid on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, again, I would greatly appreciate that. And if you guys are interested in holistic lifestyle coaching, you can check out my website, which is awaken training and Again, thank you so much to all of you guys for tuning into another episode of curious and candid. We'll catch you next time.